0: Do you always try to think positive? What if I told you it was wrong and you should never do it again until you do this first? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt Podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were gonna be the first man or woman to do something really great, but then something happened something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. If you want to truly think positive, there's only one way to do it. To do it, You have to be able to think negatively first. And here's the proof. If you click out of this show and don't watch it till the end for any other reason than you already know the information, you're proving the truth of that. Pay attention to why you click out. It'll be a feeling. Something negative. Something like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Or I don't want to admit that. I don't want to know that. There will be a negative feeling that comes up and you don't want to feel that feeling because you don't have the ability to process it and so you'll push it away here's why that's so devastating you're suppressing pain well you can never truly think positive unless you reconcile that pain. It's always there. It doesn't go away. The avoidance, the denial, the minimizing, suppressing, and repressing of pain makes it absolutely impossible for you to think positive or feel positive because that's always underlying it. Now, here's the proof because we've all been told, like everyone, oh, think positive. It's all over the internet. It's all over self-help gurus, people like myself. Oh, you gotta think positive. Well, the science is overwhelming how detrimental it is. As Gabor, uh, I always have a hard time saying his name. Gabor, Gabor Mate says, they have seen in study after study after study that compulsive thinkers are more likely to develop disease and are less likely to survive. Listen to that. They're more likely to develop disease and less likely to survive, Study after study has shown that. The only way we can truly be a positive thinker is by investigating our negative thoughts and feelings. Because that empowers us to know that we have nothing to fear from the truth of our pain. We just have a society that just doesn't want to go there. The answer is in our pain. It always has been, it always will be. There's no denying it but no one wants to advocate it. No one wants to be the bad guy, because why? We don't like that feeling. We don't know how to process it. Well, that's what's killing everywhere. The University of Waterloo, they've done studies, same thing. They found you tell a depressed patient to do affirmations or say something positive, their depression skyrockets. No pills will stop it, nothing. Like I could go on and on with the research. And if you want the research, Pick up this book, When the Body Says No, this is by Gabor Mate. This is the the disease connection between the inability to process painful emotions, inability to take care of ourselves, the inability to say no. All of these emotional conditions that have been proven scientifically for decades drive almost all disease and illness, literally the common cold, all these things, they pop up because we can't process negative emotions. And so if we can't process process that, us throwing positive emotions on top of it, we're just suppressing it. Well, eventually the body says no. There are tons of, you can do all the research on your own, but here's gonna be the point. Again, are you clicking out? Oh, I don't wanna do the research. I don't wanna know this. Why? because a negative feeling comes up because you might feel inadequate. What are the feelings you're experiencing as you hear this new truth? It assaults your view of the world. Well, what does that mean? I might not be good enough. I might not be smart enough. None of that's true, but those are messages sent in childhood. And so all of these feelings come up. That's why it's so hard for us to change because we have to admit that our view of ourselves, was incorrect originally that somehow we didn't have it right i want to give you an example from a client of mine and this happens a lot i have a lot of clients that come in that are sick shingles cancer lots of stuff and because there are certain doctors that refer them to me when they're finally ready to deal with the emotional component of their disease and this woman had just been diagnosed with cancer and she you know, was like, I'm not going to do coaching, therapy, none of that. It's all garbage. Don't want to do it. Well, the cancer shocked her into reality of, oh, my God, something's wrong. I, I need to talk to somebody. And so we got to talking and, and I was like, just tell me a little bit about your life. And she started explaining her marriage and a little of her childhood and kids. And and, she's like, and, and started explaining some things that frustrated her. And I noticed... Whenever she talked about something frustrated, something that angered her or made her powerless or anything, she, she put her hand here. And so I started to cue in on that. And I'm like, as we talk deeper, I'm like, so when your husband does that, how do you feel? And she'd immediately go, I feel anger. I feel resentment. I feel helpless. Every single question. Over and over and over and over. And what was it like in childhood? Oh, oh, over and over. And finally, I, 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 like I, I gave her like a list of 15 questions in a row that were just snap answers. And she just kept doing this. And I said, did you notice what your hand's doing? She kind of paused. I said, did you notice with every question of pain and frustration where your hand goes? She kind of looked and she's like, here. And I said, yes, and where's your cancer? She just broke, broke down in tears. She was trying to tell herself where she stuffed all of her unhealed pain and emotions, and it developed into breast cancer. It's a common trait with breast cancer, a complete inability To say no, an inability to take care of themselves, an inability to process negative, painful emotions. It happens all the time. Well, her test results, you know, the the prognosis wasn't that great immediately. The doctors are like, What are you doing? What's happening? Like, you shouldn't, your score shouldn't be like this. She's completely healed now. We went back and healed all of that stuffed emotion and she got healthy because cancer is literally your body turns against itself. Well, resentment, anger, guilt, hiding secrets, not being able to stand up for yourself, what you're eating yourself alive inside. So this explains it too. people with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, right? A common trait clinicians, they don't even need to see the test results. They can just By observing the patient and asking them questions, they'll go into the doctor and they'll say, they don't have ALS, they're not nice enough. A common trait for people with Lou Gehrig's disease is they completely give themselves away. They do everything for everybody but themselves. Lou Gehrig himself, during, you know, if you don't know him, he's the baseball player, played 2000 some games in a row without missing a game. During that time, he had 17 fractures, never missed a game. One of his teammates had a cold. He demanded, he took this teammate to his mother, made his mother take care of his teammate while he kept playing. Lou Gehrig couldn't take care of himself. He had to please. He couldn't say no. And that's a common trait with people with Lou Gehrig's disease. It goes over and over and over. The inability to process our emotions and our struggles literally kills us. You can't be positive. One of the most positive people, Lou Gehrig, everything. Well, it it kills us. We have to be able to process our pain to truly think positive. Now I can hear a lot of people going, hey, I don't have pain. I don't do that. I think positively the right way. Well, I'm going to give you 10 things to look at in your life. The first of all is do you think you experienced any sort of childhood trauma or pain? Well, it's been my experience, over 80% of people will say, no, my childhood was perfect. Parents were great. Well, I have two questions. To this day, nobody's ever again gotten past these two questions and they prove you've been through severe trauma in childhood. Don't click out. Don't run from this solution. The, question, the first question is this, when you were a child and you felt angry, sad, or scared at anything your parents did or said in that moment? Could you have a discussion with them? Get in your room. I don't want to hear it. Right? Isn't that pretty much what happened to us all? We were squashed. We couldn't couldn't talk. We had to suppress our authenticity. I'll tell you why that's traumatic in a second. The second question is this. Do you have any type of secret from your parents? Anything you've said or done, believe that you don't want them to know? Both of those questions show you've been through severe childhood trauma, and here's why. We have two needs as a species. The first one is attachment. We're the only species on the planet that will literally die unless we physically and emotionally attach to another human being. The second we need need we have is the pursuit of our authenticity, our inherent power, who we were meant to be and express in our world, like I like to call it, our greatness. Well, what do those two questions show? If I pursue my authenticity, if I share my thoughts and feelings about this stuff with you, mom and dad, what happened? It got squashed. I had to deny the truth of who I am and deny the truth that my parents are perfectly imperfect. And in this moment, they're being less than perfect and denying me of who I am as a person. What does the second question show? The secret. If my parents found out who I truly was, what would I lose? Attachment. I would die. Think of how traumatic that is. If you can't tell your parents everything about you, you fear death. That's a massive negative emotion. And almost everyone on this planet is stuffing this, won't address it, won't talk about it, minimize, well, my parents did the best they could. Well, it's not affecting me. No, That's a lie, that's denial. See, you're using positive thinking to suppress the truth of your pain. Until that's recovered, that's why you're divorced, that's why your career, your money, all these issues you're having, that has to be reconciled. You have to be able to go to that negativity to bring out the positive. Until those emotions are reworked and converted into acceptance and forgiveness for both yourself and them, you can't get out of it. There's there's question one. Right there, like I already know by the adverse childhood experiences, 70% of you have been through massive trauma in childhood. A divorce, somebody was incarcerated, had problems with the law. There was um, um, health conditions, mental health conditions. There was abuse in the home, just pushing, verbal abuse. All of those things are, you know, two thirds of the population has been documented over and over have, have been through that. That's horrific childhood trauma. All right. So if you haven't ever addressed that, don't click out, don't run away from the negativity, embrace it. If you haven't addressed that, you can't truly live a positive life. All right. That's just question. Number one, I got nine more to go. If you've ever had a bad life situation and haven't told anybody about it, you've kept it to yourself. Well, what does that mean? You have no safety, none. You don't trust that anyone could understand you or protect you. That's horrifically negative and traumatic. Number three, if you've ever said these words, he made me feel, she made me feel, that shows severe emotional immaturity and codependence because nobody ever makes us feel anything. We choose that, but see, we don't, we have no ability to contain and control our negative emotions, so we project the blame onto the other person. We don't realize because we haven't been educated that that's codependence. And that's why that shows up, okay? That's number three. Number four, have you ever judged, blamed, criticized anyone or anything? We all have, that's denial. Whenever we judge, blame, criticize, hate anyone or anything, all we are ever seeing is a part of ourselves right in front of ourselves, something we do directly or indirectly that we haven't admitted to ourselves. And we're now projecting that onto them. Now this gets confusing for people because they're like, well, no, I hate this and them, and I don't do that. Well, let me give you the examples so you can parse out how you're avoiding the pain in your life, all right? There's the perfect, here's a direct example. Like if I said, I can't stand men who wear yellow shirts, flamboyant green plaid jackets with yellow pocket squares. God, they drive me insane. They're just so pretentious and stupid. Who am I talking about? Me, yes, sometimes I'm very pretentious. Sometimes I am stupid. I'm all of those judgments and blames. I'm talking directly to myself and I wear those things. Those are truths about me. I can be very pretentious. I can be very stupid. I have lots of negative traits. Okay, but we can see that. So we can see when we point the finger at somebody, oh yeah, God, that's me. This is the part that tricks people up. And it took me a long time to discover this, the indirect. And here's how I discovered it. I've always hated stupid drivers. Can't stand them. Going too slow in the left lane. Or my favorite is the left-hand turn. You're sitting at a light, right? And there's a car in front of you and there's a car coming this way and they're gonna turn right. And this car sitting here, waiting for them to turn before they go. Well, I'm like, you guys are so stupid. You're both supposed to go at the same time. You just stay in your lane, but virtually nobody does that. And so I'd scream and yell, you guys are so stupid. Why won't you turn? And I finally went, this is about me. I'm judging, I'm blaming, I'm criticizing. I'm in denial, but I don't do that. I always go, and if they get upset, I'm just like, well, learn the rules of the road. That's on you. And it finally hit me. What's the emotion? Listen, I hate stupid drivers. What's the emotional content? Stupid, right? Well, do you know my life story? Multiple addictions, two divorces. I picked a woman who was physically and verbally abusive child custody battle bankruptcy two pro sports i never wanted to play contemplated suicide i am literally the dumbest and most stupid person i know i was talking to myself what i was saying was i can't i'm not accepting that i'm imperfect and that i did the best i could with the information i had at the time and i've made a lot of mistakes And so in those moments, now with life experience and choosing to go become an expert and learn about all this stuff, I make better decisions. I'm not actually stupid, but I'm shaming myself. So I learned how to do that process and forgive myself. I did the best I could in all of those situations. If we taught this stuff I teach, I would have made other decisions, but I did the best I could. So that's if you're judging, blaming, criticizing, looking, look directly for how you do that self. You're in denial. You don't want to see that negativity about yourself either directly or indirectly. And when it's indirect, look for the emotional content. Then look back in your life and see how you do the exact same thing. You're always talking about the negative part of yourself you haven't seen and addressed and haven't forgiven yourself for. Stay with me. If you're still here, hang in there, work through those negative feelings. I'm gonna to get to solutions, okay? Addictions, if you've ever been addicted to anything, working out, alcohol, drugs, all the normal stuff, sleeping pills, TV, any of it. Food, oh God, almost the whole population is addicted to food, what is it, over 80%. We all have massive addictions. Well, food is just stuffing of pain, that's all it is. All right, health issues. Literally there's only 3 diseases where if you're born with those genes it is guaranteed you will have them. All other diseases and illnesses are the cause of environment and I don't mean the air and water you breathe while they have an impact it's primarily your emotional environment that triggers lots of kids lots of people are born with cancer cells they don't trigger unless an emotional condition presents itself. Or, I mean, there are other factors. It can be an environmental condition. But if you've had health issues, chronic health issues especially, then you have a lot of negative pain to process, okay? If you can't sit still, if you have to constantly be moving, if you're if you're one of those who taps their foot, cracks their knuckles, bites their nails, always picking at something, those are all defense mechanisms. Those are all calming, soothing techniques to try and lower all the pain you're experiencing on a daily basis, okay? Boredom, this is a huge trigger for most people. Cannot stand to be bored. Well, you don't feel safe enough with just your own company. You can't be present and okay within yourself. You need outside chaos because of the conditioning of the brain that gets addicted to all the trauma we go through in childhood. And so in boredom, all of that pain starts surfacing, all of that anxiety and tension, and man, I gotta get my phone, I gotta do something. If you can't be bored, if boredom doesn't feel like peace and quiet and serenity, if you can't literally sit outside for five minutes, with no external stimulation, no phone, no music, nothing. If you just can't be present in the environment for five minutes without doing anything, you are suffering from severe negativity, negative pain in your life. And in my experience, most people can't make it past 30 seconds until they start looking for something. That's heartbreaking, okay? That has to be reconciled to truly be able to think positive, okay? If you can't ask for help or receive help, again there's no safety there's no ability to love and nurture yourself you you've shut yourself off like some gentleman commented on one of my posts i'm a lion it was it was about fear how fear works i'm a lion this is for weak people well Here's a man who got sent the message. I can't be weak. I can't be negative. That's what a lot of people who don't want to go negative is they see themselves as weak, as inadequate. Well, this man was screaming how small and inadequate he was behind the oxymoron of I'm a lion. I'm big and powerful. Well, if you were a lion, you would be able to admit how small you are. That's what a lion, a true lion can do. They can see all of their imperfections. They don't have to hide behind, I'm more powerful. I don't ever get afraid. And that's what he was, He his literal argument was, I have beaten the human dynamic. I'm the only person on this planet who's never been afraid. It's possible, I guess. I've never heard of it. I'm open to the idea. I'm fine with being proven wrong. But science has yet to prove that The amygdala doesn't immediately fire in all of us. So maybe he's beat science. I don't know. I didn't get to ask him. Um, Another uh, example is number 10. You can't say no. Well, this is a chronic problem. Most people cannot say no. They really struggle with it. Um, They feel guilty. They feel bad. They feel selfish. Well, think of childhood. Our whole childhood, we had to say yes to everything plus the false societal model about relationships, right? If you truly, I call it the Kardashian model. If you truly love me, you got my back and you support me at all times, right? Well, okay, let's look at that. This is a grandiose example, but it's true. You could, I mean, I'm making it grandiose so you get the point. What if I was married to you? I guess if you're a woman or you, what if you're married to somebody? And they walk in the door and they go, you know what? I've decided I'm going to quit my job and every night I'm going to kill somebody. It just feels like my morals and values and it's my calling in life is to start killing people every night. Well, if you love me, you'd support me, right? You got my back during everything. You'd say yes. That's absurd, but that's literally what people believe. You know, people make these, you know, innocuous mistakes and imperfections and hey, you're just supposed to support me. Well, no, that's abuse, That's enabling, that's not love, that's dysfunction. Well, we don't want to admit that, why? Because we'd have to experience those negative feelings, all right, so we need to be able to start saying no, okay? Now let's get into solutions, all right? Let's wrap it up with solutions. The first solution is this, go to Google, type in feelings list, you'll see thousands of them. Print one off, it has a good mix of positive and negative feelings. For the next 30 days, start tracking your feelings. Every day, I, you know, as much as possible. Like five times a day would be great. More, start paying attention to what you feel. Here's the problem. Over 70% of the population doesn't even feel. I was having a conversation with somebody who follows me and we got into um, a work situation that he's having. <coughs> and he was describing where somebody might be going behind his back. And I said, how does that make you feel? He couldn't use any feeling words. All His, his replies were, he's a snake. He, you know, it was, it was a descriptor of the person. He could never describe what he felt. Well, 70% of the population doesn't even feel. Well, how can you be positive if you don't even know what you're feeling? Because positivity is a feeling, it's not a thought. It's a feeling we generate. Well, studies show 70% of the population doesn't feel. You're not in reality. And this is like, this is chronic. I ask people all the time. No, no, no. Don't tell me the description or the facts. What do you feel? And they just go blank. They have no words. They're so detached from their feelings because they're using that to avoid the negativity, the pain, You know, as I said to him, this shows me how much pain you're hiding from. Well, what happened? Right after that, he ended the conversation. Like, whoop, nope, can't go there. Not ready to see that about myself. That's heartbreaking. Because his inability to feel that, he's not able then to act on creating protection for himself. What he needs to do is ask for his needs and wants, set things in the contract so that he's protected so that this person doesn't go behind his back. But he doesn't know how to ask for his needs and wants because he feels guilty, doesn't know how to say, no, these are all feeling problems. How could this man ever be positive? It's not possible. He has to go back and deal with that inability to feel. Get a feelings list, track your feelings five, five at least five times a day. Watch how your actions line up with what you're feeling. Number two, Next question is, where do I feel it in my body? See, we store all negative things in our body. That's what makes us sick and hurt. You need to become aware of how you are storing that pain in your body and where you store it. All right, it'll be an indicator. Remember the cancer patient? All my clients, I know, they tell me something's bugging them physically. I know exactly what's wrong with them emotionally and what we need to address. It's always, the body correlates to certain emotional um, struggles we're having, okay? Number three, journal. When was the first time you felt this, okay? So track your feelings, where in my body do I feel it? And then first thing that comes to your mind, when was the first time I experienced this feeling? Because we have to go back and we have to understand that past pain and rework it. And so that's why you ask yourself that question. Number four, look at your judgments. Look at your blames, your criticisms. You are literally screaming at yourself the answer of all the pain you haven't addressed and all the things you need to go forgive yourself for. You go deal with that, you can be positive. But as long as you're judging, blaming, criticizing, like politics, God, you just see it, like get on Facebook or Twitter for five minutes and all you're seeing is people scream their dysfunction at themselves politically on both sides the the issues in themselves they haven't dealt with democrats do it they're saying oh republicans this republicans are going oh democrats this they're both talking to themselves you know the democrats you're a racist well that comment makes you a racist you know, i mean it's just it's hysterical like when i watch it, it well it's not hysterical i mean some of it is funny but mostly it's heartbreaking that they're screaming at their own unreconciled pain when they do it. All right? <clears throat> the next step is get vulnerable. Start sharing these feelings. Like like I said, when you know many times when I have these discussions people will leave. They don't want to be known for this, you know, this painful feeling or this so-called negative thing. You have to start getting vulnerable. Start learning that you're safe when you're vulnerable. That it's okay that feeling of expressing yourself and being accepted within yourself, not because they accepted it, but because you accepted it in yourself and share it without needing their approval, that's true positivity. All right, number six, ask yourself, where there's where's the gift? In every situation, every so-called bad situation, there's a gift in it. All the pain that we experience, there's always something positive, all right? Now, this is, this is not to deny the negative, but it's to get us out of living in the victim stance that there's nothing I can do, all right? Number seven, you do need to set a time limit on investigating the negativity. You can't stay there, all right? I always blocked, you'll learn, you're gonna to start to learn really quickly that there's a point when you investigate this where you start to tip into helplessness, unless you're working with a professional. If you try and do this alone for most, they can't. They need a professional like myself to teach them how to do it. But if you're gonna try and do it on your own, about 30 minutes for most people, and then put it in the shelf, go do something positive, but make sure you're working on it daily. So to wrap up, true positive thinking is the ability, and the courage to accept the truth about the negative traits in ourselves. That's how you become positive. Go learn how to do it. It's your turn to be great, and the way to be the way to get there is to become an expert in processing all of those negative feelings so you can truly be positive within yourself.